unabashed. The most unpredictable becomes a headline. The most volatile outrageous behavior. Unsubstantiated narratives. A battle of personalities. Welcome to Grantham Asha, a co-production of the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace and the Hindustan Times. I'm your host, Milan Vaishnav. Last fall, India's parliament passed three farm reform bills that the government claimed would radically change the way in which agriculture was practiced in the country. Yet just over 12 months later, the government announced its intention to repeal those laws, a major concession to large-scale, dogged protests launched by farmers in northern India. The repeal of the farm reform laws, hailed by many observers as a short-term victory for struggling farmers, has also raised complex questions about the future of agriculture in a rapidly urbanizing India. For three decades, the journalist Harish Modern has been chronicling developments in rural India. He's a senior fellow at the Center for Policy Research in Delhi, where he's enjoying a sabbatical from his day job as National Rural Affairs and Agriculture Editor at the Indian Express. Harish joins me on Zoom from New Delhi. Harish, good to speak with you. Hi, Milan. So uh, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the farm laws and their repeal, uh, I just wanted to ask you a question about you, really. Uh, You have been covering rural affairs, agriculture, farmers for many decades now. Um, Most reporters that I meet and that I know are jockeying to write about big metros, high politics, foreign affairs. You've taken a very different route. Uh, Why so? Uh, Well, uh, my grandfather, that's my father's father, was a farmer. Okay, So uh, my early growing years were I, I used to go very frequently to my village, you know. Uh, it, it, it was in Kerala. It was, uh, uh, near, it, it's a place called uh, Vadakanjeri, which is near Trishur. So I had some kind of interest in farming, basically interacting with my grandfather, you know, the whole thing. Then, of course, you know, afterwards, I, 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 did, a, I, I did economics, you know. I mean, I, I just did a BA. And then I joined uh, uh, journalism, you know. So I, I started doing economic reporting, you know, sort of macroeconomic uh, kind of a thing. But then I realized that, you know, uh, if you want to do serious economics, you should have some kind of a specialization, you know. And uh, then I joined Business Line, you know, Hindu Business Line. And uh, we had a very strong agriculture reporting kind of a team. It was, it was more sort of agribusiness kind of a, a, a desk. You know, so uh, I said that, come on, I want to do this, you know, so uh, and and it, it just flowed, you know, so I, I think I think now I've been at this now since uh, maybe around, say, 1994 onwards. Yeah, 1994 onwards, almost three decades. Yeah. So I, I would say I would say the, the, the main reason was uh, the Hindu business line, you know, because we had a very strong agribusiness uh, uh, reportage, you know. Whether we like it or not, I mean, agriculture is the real industry in India. I mean, if you, in terms of uh, both the number of people employed and, and also as a share of GDP, I mean, we, we only look at, uh, when we say 17, 18%, we only look at the direct uh, uh, share of agriculture. We don't, like, like, like you look at cotton, but you don't look at textiles. You look at uh, uh, sugarcane, but you won't look at uh, sugar, uh, you know, colas, uh, uh, the, the, then, then, then even, even alcohol, right? I mean, most of it comes from molasses. So my, my guess is if you look at the forward and backward linkages, uh, definitely I think agriculture would be contributing at least a third to India's GDP. So uh, it's always nice to, you know, know some one subject in detail, even as an economic reporter. I mean, you could be into banking, you could be into uh, many other things, but, but I, 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 I think that's what has uh, 
generated my interest in agriculture and you know i i don't think there was any plan or anything you know and uh, now now i'm stuck in it you know so it, it's nice <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well well stuck in it is one way to put it but i mean this is now uh, literally front page news uh, you know from from an outside perspective i think there are several stereotypes that we often have in the back of our minds when we think about agriculture and i was i was talking with the anthropologist mukulika banerjee about this because uh this is the subject of her recent book as i'm sure you know uh where we have these themes in our head you know agriculture is in a state of perennial crisis farming in india is not very productive farmers are uh, farmers are unhappy with the wages they receive they're heavily indebted they seek various kinds of reassurance from the state you know these are the kind of common narratives that one hears about before we get into the laws themselves how well does that series of stereotypes actually capture the reality of india's agrarian sector as we know See, it uh, I, I, i've been saying this now for quite some time you know the real crisis of uh, indian agriculture is not of the marginal and the small farmer you know it's actually the the, the crisis is actually of the middle peasant you know i mean who whom i call as a full time farmer you know uh, typically say uh, starting with say about 2 and 1/2 acres you know and going to say 10 acres 15 acres you know so i think this is what the crisis which we are seeing is basically of this middle peasant you know and uh, this particular middle peasant uh, saw i i would say some decades of prosperity you know maybe maybe after the green revolution you know and 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 generally the terms of trade were quite favorable to agriculture i would say even in the 90s and definitely in the first decade of uh, the, the 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 current century you know so so i would say that uh, the crisis is really of this middle you know this middle class the rural middle class that is the crisis you know uh, and uh, and and which is why you are seeing all this restiveness you know and 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 this has been happening for quite some time you know and uh, i would say uh, that is a real crisis you know uh, and 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 uh, uh, yeah, if you see during the first initial decades of the uh, of the green revolution you had the spread of irrigation right you had the new varieties right i mean high yielding varieties so so access to irrigation access to new seeds you know and some kind of a state support both in terms of uh, agriculture r&d and 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 also you know minimum support price procurement you know some kind of an assured price and and the fact that uh, we were more or less deficit in most crops you know so so prices were not an issue you know so so i i think i think the government's focus was more trying to control inflation you know so 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 there was always a shortage you know if you if you look at it uh, uh, throughout you know and then i think we started moving into surpluses gradually you know you know it it started off uh, maybe i think i think in the 90s with with uh, wheat and, uh, and 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 rice okay i think in the maybe maybe in the early 2000s sugar okay so 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 when you have sugar when you have wheat and uh, when you have rice it's basically calories right we became calorie surplus you can say calorie carbohydrate kind of a thing then the second stage uh, came when actually our incomes were rising overall incomes were rising so there was a huge demand suddenly among uh, uh, among the poor you know for 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 for, for protein uh, rich foods you know for for fruits and vegetables so basically minerals uh, proteins 
uh, facts. So, so which is how you saw a lot of demand, the demand changing, you know, more, more towards, say, poultry, eggs, chicken, uh, these kind of things. So, so, so what, what I'll say is that uh, today we have reached a situation where there seems to be surpluses across the, uh, uh, across all commodities, you know, including even pulses, even milk, you know. So I think that's what the real crisis today is, you know, uh, and 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 that in turn, I think, has basically hit the real farmer, the whole time farmer, you know, and 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 this full time farmer would be maybe about about forty million, you know, not not the one fifty and hundred million numbers which we hear. Because these are farmers who are full-time farmers, you know, they 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 derive the bulk of their uh, household income from doing farming, you know. So that is the real crisis. So the crisis is not of the landless laborer and all; th- th- those are there, but that's not an agrarian crisis. So when we say agrarian crisis, it should refer to the to, to this the, the 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 this this once prosperous, you know, middle class. That's what uh, I believe is a real uh, crisis. So so if you Rewind the clock a year or so to September 2020, you had Parliament passing these three agrarian reform bills that, uh, in its own words, the ruling party, the government said, would transform the way that agriculture was practiced, right? Now, since that time, there have been sort of two parallel debates on the bills, right? So one is focused on the substance. Is it good? Is it bad? The other has focused on the process by which they were passed. So if we just stick with the substance for a moment... If you had to summarize for just a kind of lay audience, uh, which has not been steeped into India's agriculture uh, sector, what would you say were the principal aims of, of, of that legislation? I think the, 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 the principal aim of the legislation was to take uh, to, to, to make farmers more sort of produce for the market you know based on demand and uh, supply kind of a thing so basically making it a a demand uh, uh, a driven kind of an agriculture you know and and trying and uh, bringing in more and more private players you know see see there is a there is a problem today if you look at say the average consumption you know of a, of a, of a family you know of 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 any family uh, say 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 it comes to about say 30 kilos of uh, rice or wheat Okay, so 30 kilos into 12, you know, so and you work it out, you know, there are 30 crores, there are there are 300 million uh, families in India. So overall, when you look at it, our total requirement, you know, our total uh, uh, cereal requirement today directly for consumption may not be more than, say, about, say, 150 million tons. Okay, but we are producing every year around, say, 250 million tons. Right. So so we have come into this kind of a surplus situation in this. So I think the, the, the main thing which the government wanted to do was to, you know, drive farmers away from producing rice and uh, and wheat and, you know, to, uh, move into uh, 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 more, more. I mean, produce more for the market rather than produce for the government. OK, I think that's what they were trying to address. So so so. I would say principally there was nothing wrong in that in in that particular approach. Like out of the three farm bills, I would say that uh, the one uh, act which I was very much in favor was uh, removing the the, the 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 stocking limits. You know, Essential Commodities Act. You know, which I think was basically uh, a, 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 a law from the nineteen or maybe from the Bengal famine years. You know, when India was sort of a deficit. You know, everything. So so as I said in the beginning. We 
we have moved to some kind of a surplus situation you know and you were having you were dealing with this with with, with this whole thing you know the moment the prices of say onions rise immediately you you ban export you know and 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 actually the the, the present government has done it even after the enactment of the farm laws you know in, in the case of pulses and in the case of edible oils etc so i would say that removing stock limits was definitely it was it was it was it was needed okay so you need definitely to bring in private players and those kind of things i think in the other two acts uh, i think the communication is what uh, i think I, I, I think i think communication was what really uh, went wrong you know everybody knows that punjab and 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 haryana etc have to diversify they have to move away from uh, you know just just uh, cultivating rice and wheat you know they need to move to other crops but i think how the farmers uh, 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 interpreted it is that the government will stop procurement okay government is going to exit and we should remember that this agriculture reforms has been sort of uh, it has been almost the end you know so 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 the farmers have seen what has happened to telecom they have seen what has happened to schools uh, uh, in, 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 in the schools uh, uh, educational institutions hospitals etc right where where the government has been retreating you know so so i think these farmers had a sixth sense that that the real objective of the government is to is to withdraw from uh, from from support and obviously the farmers who were affected the most they were the ones who who, who, who would have protested right and uh, we are talking of these farmers who are fairly advanced you know and and uh, uh, and, and 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 they have seen uh, some kind of a prosperity and uh, they are they represent some kind of a rural uh, middle class you know so i think that's that's been the background so let me just pause on this point for a second because there have been some commentators who have said look at the end of the day these protests which emerged they were driven by a relatively small number of farmers who were geographically concentrated in Haryana, Punjab, and maybe Western Uttar Pradesh. They feared the opening up of the sector, what that would do to their livelihoods. Others have said, no, actually, this was a broad-based movement, that there were farmers all around the country who were up in arms, who were making noise about these bills. Uh, what do we know about who was actually protesting uh, and how much of it was uh, they really feared for their livelihoods because of what was in the bills, or or perhaps perceptions or false perceptions about you know what 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 was in the legislation and what was not. Uh, see, all peasant movements uh, movements in the past, they have always been from any particular region, and and probably even from one section of the peasantry. Uh, you you look at, for example, the Kheda Satyagraha or the Badol or the Bardoli Satyagraha. of sardar patel right uh, the, these were these were basically from uh, uh, from 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 gujarat right that to that to mainland uh, gujarat basically kheda and uh, and and surat that that belt and these were largely uh, 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 led by the uh, led by uh, led by the 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 the, the, the patidars okay and these again were not poor peasants these were again middle peasants so i would say that this present farm movement has again been largely a movement of the jat peasantry okay and uh, 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 i i would say that uh, that that uh, that this is the first time where 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 jats from punjab from haryana and from western up and also parts of uh, uh, rajasthan they all came together so so this was a movement of the jat peasantry just like kheda and bardoli were movements of the patidar peasantry 
right? And these were basically middle peasants. These are neither rich nor poor, okay? And as I said, these farmers have seen prosperity, okay? These are all farmers who have access to irrigation. But these are not the kind of whatever which we read in, 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 in books, you know, 100 acres, 200 acres. These are not landlords. These are, these are proper farmers, you know, and probably they would start, I would say, say about uh, two acres, three acres, and then going up to say about 15 acres. So, so uh, yeah, it, it, definitely it's not a national movement. No, it cannot be. A, no farmer movement is, is a national movement, okay? Whether it is, a, whether it is of uh, Marathas or anything. This is not a movement of uh, landless laborers or very poor peasantry or something. No, this is, this is very specific. This is confined to, to, to a region, okay? Which is basically your Green Revolution belt, Okay, this is this is a this is this is a movement of of the middle peasantry, right, and largely of the jat peasantry. So I just you know want to pick up on something you said, which is the the way in which kind of identities, identity politics, kind of intersects with with the farmer protests, right? Because for someone who sits in the United States, I, I was um, shocked, in fact, to see the spread. Of, of news about this. You know, of course, we had celebrities like Rihanna and others tweeting about it. But even, you know, on my own social media feeds would see people sharing pictures of these large crowds of colorfully dressed farmers, you know, at the gates of Delhi. And these are people who 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 aren't Indian. They're not of the diaspora. They don't think about India. So it somehow connected in this larger way in our current social media ecosystem do you have a sense of why this sort of took off? Was it because of the size of the protests? Was it because of, the, you know, the, the feeling that democracy is, you know, on the ropes in India? You know, what what is it that allowed this to take off even beyond, you know, just the Jat or Sikh diaspora? You know something? I mean, many people who has, who, who, who have been supporting this movement, uh, many of these people would have... Uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, called all these people Kulaks, you know, big farmers, uh, uh, irrigation, you know, uh, uh, rich farmers, you know, those kind of things. And it's ironical that the same language is now being used by, by, by those who are close to this regime, you know, that these are all big farmers, you know, uh, all uh, 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 Kulaks, etc., Okay, I think uh, we don't understand the so-called QLAC, you know, and, uh, and 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 there is a problem in policy making. You know, the policies are designed either for the very rich, you know, so you give incentives to industries, etc., or to the very poor, you know. So so you have many yojanas for the very poor, but there's nothing for this middle, you know, and mid and this middle, especially you know, in 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 rural India. You know, so we take for granted that the farmer is someone who, who, who who's not at all sophisticated. You know, he'll be wearing a, a turban. He'll be he'll be he, basically basically the, it has to do with the kind of Hindi films which we have uh, learned, right? I mean, which we have seen, right? He's a, he's a gamar. You know, the, the the guy is a rustic. So I think uh, probably the fact that this thing whole thing happened in the Delhi borders, you know, very close to the national capital. So automatically they they could be heard. Maybe if this movement had come up in Patna or in uh, Calcutta or in Guwahati, uh, you would not have got that kind of uh, visibility. So so uh, definitely the NRIs helped. You know, the NRIs helped, and then but and then the fact that this is uh, in the in the gates of uh, Delhi. 
you know and uh, and these are not poor farmers right i mean so so they know how to mobilize yeah so 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 uh, uh, so, so all my friends you know from the left who who, who used to call these people qlacs you know and and actually the uh, uh, the one institution which played a big role in in these protests were the cops you know again the cops are the people the kind of things we detest right so 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 but it was precisely the cops and by cops you mean the cop panchayats the, the, the cop panchayats right 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 so 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 these were again seen as you know very backward kind of a thing i i remember when i came to delhi first you know the 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 the, the jats were a joke you know people used to say hey these guys are uh, you know very rustic kind of a thing so i think uh, uh, in that way i think this is a, this is a, uh, 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 we we've had many such uh, moments i think in the last uh, maybe 10 years you know you you had the uh, you had the marathas in in maharashtra right you had the Mar- maratha reservation movement okay you had the patidar reservation movement you had the kapu reservation movement so i think basically this is a this is a crisis of the middle peasant you know the middle peasant who 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 is uh, not able to continue in farming you know because because the the costs have gone up the prices are not increasing the demand for farm produce is not growing and at the same time the opportunities outside of agriculture aren't uh, rising you know so i think that's how this crisis should be you know whereas we think that uh, if it's a crisis that means people will be starving no these guys are not going to starve okay these are not th- th- that kind of uh, 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 these are not poor you know so so maybe we have not uh, 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 we are not used to it you know whereas uh, when you had the anna movement anna movement was all mostly uh, uh, city slickers you know urban movement we all related to it but we are not able to relate to a moment where uh, you know where farmers wear jeans right i mean they have uh, yeah they 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 eat pizza right and they and they don't try to show that they are very poor and all and, and you saw right i mean those tractors you know belting music right and and uh, and 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 lot of uh, whatever uh, uh, so so th- these are not uh, the, the, these are a very proud race you know and uh, you can't i mean anyone who has tried to mess around with them you know they have uh, they, they they really uh, i mean uh, right Right from Aurangzeb uh, to General Dyer to I mean, compared to that, Modi is nothing, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, so so so, but it's still interesting, right? Because you know, ten days ago, the Prime Minister, in a surprise televised nationwide address, announced that his government uh, would be repealing all three laws in the new session of Parliament. Something they actually did today, as we're recording. Um, and in a recent piece for the Indian Express, you noted that Modi's announcement on November twentieth. effectively amounts to burying and interring something that was already dead. Um now the conventional wisdom holds that look the government folded because it was looking ahead at critical assembly elections in Punjab and Uttar Pradesh. Um is it so simple or is there a deeper calculus going on? Uh I think uh, the mistake the government did was to allow this uh, this moment to continue for very long. okay uh, and uh, 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 i think i think most of the calculations of the modi government has been that uh, you know this middle peasant doesn't matter you know because the, 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 because because i think i think modi has managed to get lot of votes from the very poor 
right? Yeah. And all his programs, you know, uh, whether it is uh, rural housing, whether it is uh, uh, electricity, Ujwala, right? LPG. Sanitation, so on. Yeah, yeah. They have targeted the very poor, right? And and uh, where is the, uh, yeah, so, 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 so you are targeting the very poor and then also playing on, you know, some kind of a communal kind of a thing, you know? Uh, so, 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 so there have been two kind of uh, uh, things which have been happening. One is uh, trying to uh, uh, invoke religion, right? I mean, uh, Hindutva, etc., and combining it with uh, with with welfareism, whatever new welfareism and 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 these kind of whatever public provisioning of uh, private uh, uh, goods, right? I mean, so so uh, 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 private utilities, right? So so I think that was the tried and tested formula which won them the election in 2019. So I think. Uh, Initially, uh, they dismissed off this movement, you know, and, uh, and 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 ironically, they used a lot of leftist jargon, right? I mean, rich farmer, QLAC, uh, the MSP, you know, whereas where we should be helping the small, the marginal farmer, etc. But uh, I think they underestimated this uh, the community mobilization. We see the 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 ability of the of the jats to to mobilize, you know, and uh, I think that has been one very big. Uh, 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 it, 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 it's given a lot of confidence to this movement, you know, because uh, it has united. Uh, uh, this, this entire jat peasantry, maybe I don't know after uh, uh, after Tikayat, maybe maybe uh, uh, late 80s, you know. And uh, I think the more it dragged on, the more uh, uh, I, I, I think that was a fatal mistake which uh, which which the Modi government uh, made. And I would say that one of the uh, collateral casualties of this whole thing is that uh, now MSP is now a, is now is now a universal demand now you know and 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 uh, what was basically a regional and a particular community focused uh, movement today I think has resonance you know like like I think I, I think this demand for uh, MSP you know that it should be the, this legal right for MSP is something uh, I think every farmer in India will relate to you know you ask any farmer he or she will relate to you know they may not relate to this uh, uh, to, to these three farm laws uh, uh, yeah because these farm laws may be relevant only to punjab and haryana okay but now the uh, but but now the, the up farmer now says hey man we should get a minimum support price so i think uh, this is now been it is now sort of permanently it has been ingrained in the consciousness of uh, farmers across india you know and uh, willy-nilly uh, it is it is uh, the, the modi government has now made this uh, it, it has actually made it a national movement you know when when it was not and 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 it has become national movement because of uh, because 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 they managed to also bring in this msp into the picture and uh, i think i think uh, maybe if these acts were repealed uh, maybe by 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 january february or something this would not have come you know and uh, this is going to really mess up the situation you know this uh, yeah so 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 it, it, uh, so 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 uh, it, it's not that uh, modi by repealing it is not that uh, one step forward uh, two steps forward and one step backward it's not that here it looks like uh, it's it's three steps backwards right i mean <laughs> you you don't have i mean you have you have to repeat your farm laws and plus now you have to deal with this uh, elephant in the room called the MSP legal right whereas before that it was not there you know Hey Grant the Marshall listeners thanks for listening to the podcast putting this show together each week is a labor of love but it takes a lot of work to put out a great show every week 
If you'd like to support the work we do at Grantham Asha, please visit ceip.org slash donate. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or on your favorite podcasting platform, so you'll be the first to know when a new episode rolls out. Let me ask you about the, the this elephant in the room, because in a September piece with Express, you noted that, you know, nowhere in these new laws is there a suggestion that the current system of minimum support price or MSP, that uh, MSP based procurement of food grains is going to end. Right. And that's basically where the government sets a floor price for crops. And then, you know, it is um, uh, the government agencies would procure that crop. Now, if this was not in the laws. And the government has time and time again vehemently denied its intention to go in this direction. How did this perception get created in the first place? Because now we're at a point where the farmers are saying, we're actually going to stay in the streets because, yes, repealing the laws was the first step. The second step is going to be writing into legislation a guaranteed minimum support price. Uh, See, uh, uh, in in Punjab, the APMC, that is the Mandi. You know, uh, farmers have a lot of emotional connect with the APMC Mandis. Okay. It's something like in Gujarat, there is a lot of emotional connect of the dairy farmer with Amul. You know, the the, 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 the cooperative society where the farmer sells his uh, her, her, her milk. You know, there is a lot of emotional attachment. Okay. So, 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 so the farmers in Punjab and Haryana, they said that, hey, man, uh, this is basically going to lead to our APMC, the Mondays getting shut. See, because because if you allow uh, private trade, that, that is, I can buy anywhere. Uh, so they said that, hey, this is going to lead to a situation where the Mondays will become will 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 become uneconomical. Okay, it's not going to. Uh, I mean, the Mondays will shut down. I mean, something like how BSNL shut down, right? So 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 the so the so the farmers uh, st- started uh, seeing a game there, you know, and and plus. See, uh, a lot of it they got even from the Bihari laborers who are working in Punjab farms. Okay, Bihar is a state which had APMCs. Okay, and and when the APMCs were actually dismantled in Bihar, okay, and uh, suddenly there was nothing, and and it was a free trade kind of a thing, you know, and and no assurance, etc. Whereas here the farmers are saying, hey, there's nothing wrong with, in the mandis. The government is saying that these are all bad things, but uh, we have no problem with the with the mandis. The government is saying we are giving you freedom. We don't want any freedom. I mean, it's like uh, telling it's like telling uh, it's like telling uh, a poor person, I'm giving you the freedom. I'll shut down aims. I'll I'll shut down the government uh, schools. You can go to a convent. You can you can go to uh, 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 Fortis. You can go to Max. Uh, the same. So so many people don't want that freedom. So the so the Punjab farmer said, hey, hey we have no problem with this. So so again they started saying, no 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 no. You know, this Mondays are all. You know, you have the Arthias. You have the uh, commission agents. They're all exploitative. We want to free you from them. these middlemen yeah, the middle who are interfering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, 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 these are all cheating you and all. But these farmers said, hey, no, they're not cheating me. Uh, uh, I'm selling through them. They, they, are, they are buying me. So uh, 
I think the government tried to create these kind of, you know, false villains, you know, and saying that, you know, uh, uh, the thing. So, so I think the farmers then, then, uh, as I said, you know, they they had already seen how BSNL had been run down. Many public institutions uh, 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 shutting down. You know, I mean, it, it's not that they have they're formally shutting down or something, but basically uh, they uh, the thing. And farmers in Punjab have had some experience with contract farming, etc., right from the early 90s. You know, when Pepsi was there. And and uh, most of those were, were were kind of failed ventures, you know. So if you go and tell a farmer in in Punjab that hey, these APMCs are no good, uh, we'll we'll get uh, we, 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 we'll get uh, Reliance, we'll get Adani to buy, we'll get big corporates. They'll say no, 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 we don't want these. We are we, we are okay with with FCI. We we have no problem, you know. So I think that's what uh, really uh, kind of uh, happened. And once the Punjab farmer got into this game, you know, then the Haryana farmers joined in, and then I think this community you know, feeling, you know, uh, uh, that also came in. And then the NRIs joined in. When the NRIs joined in, I think uh, Rihanna, etc., would, would have come in anyway. You know, it, it was all just, uh, <laughs> it, it was just taking it into a different uh, this thing. And uh, I think uh, this is a, a kind of a mistake uh, 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 the, the the Modi government made, you know. I think I think lack of uh, I, I I think I think lack of sense of history, you know. In the case of the Patidars, also they made that mistake, but they immediately they they did a lot of correctives, you know. I think if you if you see the 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 the, the 2000, uh, 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 2018 elections, you know, where uh, uh, BJP suffered heavy reverses in Gujarat, but after that there were a lot of correctives, you know, in in terms of. Uh, uh, procuring more groundnut, you know, procuring more of uh, cotton, etc. They moved into damage control very fast because they realized that, you know, that that you cannot uh, mess around with the with, with the Patidar uh, peasantry. But uh, I think in the case of the Jats and the Sikhs, uh, I think lack of understanding, lack of uh, it, 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 it's a lack of understanding of history. I think uh, you know. Otherwise, uh, why would they have brought in Khalistan and and these kind of things? I mean, it, it's a, it was a combination of I think both arrogance and ignorance. You know, uh, so uh, you don't you don't play around with 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 a, with, with a kind of a proud race. You know, these are not. Uh, I mean, uh, one shouldn't use that kind of language, but uh, it's a fact that these are people with with a history. You know, they have a, they have some kind of a martial uh, tradition you know and they uh, and, and 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 they have a feeling that you know we are farmers you know we, we are not going to beg before uh, anybody and uh, they didn't need any support from anyone they it was all completely you know uh, it was self mobilization it was it was completely uh, this was a movement which was entirely crowdfunded you know it, 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 which is why it was able to last for for more than a year so so was so i just bring this conversation to an end, Harish. Let me ask you about the future, right? Because those who have supported these laws have said, okay, farmers have declared victory because the bills are repealed, but this victory is a pyrrhic one because in the long run, this is going to set back the quest for badly needed farm reforms uh, that the sector is in dire need of, and farmers themselves are the ones who are going to feel the pinch. Uh, as you look out to the future, do you agree with this assessment that this is going to be ultimately a short-term win, but a long-term defeat? Uh, I would say that uh, uh, the, the MSP demand, it will have to be fulfilled in some form or the other. 
Okay, uh, uh, this this idea that the farmer should have a minimum price, you know, something something, yeah. and uh, this thing is, I think, now it has percolated deep inside among all farmers. Okay, you cannot run away from this. Now, how do you do it? So, so, so maybe one way to do it is rather than the government procuring, you know, buying and stocking and all these things, you know, which which, which we know is not possible. So, government allows uh, the private trade to take place, you know, let, uh, let uh, you allow the market forces, but maybe you can pay some kind of a price difference, you know, price deficiency, and uh, which is the system you have uh, in the U.S. You have uh, even in China, right? You have a national price, right, for for, for whether it is milk. Or, uh, or 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 any kind of a thing, and you have to pay farmers that kind of a difference. You know, this is bound to happen. So I would say that you know uh, the the present regime, what we have, it combines the worst of everything. You know, because because you have MSPs, but those MSPs are enforced only on I think maybe four crops. You know, basically wheat, uh, 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 rice, uh, uh, sugarcane, and cotton. Right, so so you have a situation where uh, the MSP is really implemented in these four crops, you know, and farmers have assurance of price support there. So farmers automatically they gravitate towards producing more of these four, okay, and and definitely India doesn't need more sugar, more rice, and more wheat, you know. We don't need more of calories and carbohydrates, right? But the way the current system works is, I have. Perfect. I mean, very good implementation of MSP in four crops, but in the, all the other crops, there is no implementation. So why should the farmer produce, say, pulses? Why should the farmer produce oil seeds? Right? Because because uh, if if I don't know what price I'm going to get, you know. So so you need. Uh, I think we need to move into some kind of a price assurance, you know, and it should cover definitely more number of crops. Okay, and probably the the, the 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 fiscally as well as environmentally sustainable way to do it is you implement this minimum price for all crops. Okay, you you not just for not just for these four. You do it for all crops. Okay, and the right way to do it is through paying the price difference. You know, uh, the, the 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 difference between the government's minimum support price and what the market is paying. Like there are many years you don't have to pay the price difference. Like for example, today in mustard or in soybean, there's no need because because the mark the, because the open market prices are way above the MSP. But but there are years when 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 your prices are are low. So 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 you need to give this kind of a support. You know, and and uh, without that it will be very difficult uh, even in the long run you know so so we need to move to that kind of a, 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 a system and today with technology it's possible right you know we, we know who are the farmers all farmers have bank accounts right you you uh, you are already doing uh, like you have the PM Kisan right? I mean, where you are paying um, uh, uh, about one twenty million farmers. You are you are you are you, 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 you cash, cash transfers, transfers yeah, directly yeah. into their. So account. today today you have I know every farmer. I know what what uh, what his or her uh, land holding is. Okay, I know all and 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 today with with your Enam right? I know all the mandis. Okay, all the mandis are connected. I know what is the price. So, so, so the government need not do 
any purchases. It doesn't need to, you know, physically buy and store, you know, and, and we have seen what has happened with, with rice and wheat and all, you know, it's it's impossible, you know, uh, to, uh, to, to stock so much of uh, uh, these things. See, and this is very costly. See, the, the reason why it is costly is not just because you are buying wheat and paddy at 20 rupees or whatever, you know, per kg, but because you are also selling at, at, at one rupee, two rupees, right? And a lot of grain has been given out free. So, so, so it's not so the farmers never said that you give out this grain free for uh, you know one rupee or two rupees the, the the farmer just said hey man this is my cost of production at least give me some return so so let me be entitled to this particular price and uh, and and, uh, and 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 i think we need to do it uh, for all crops to the extent possible and maybe in the long run it should be more towards some kind of a per acre kind of a transfer maybe 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 instead of a minimum uh, minimum support price you know you, you can have a minimum income support instead of a minimum price support you know if farmers are assured of a minimum income right so that so that they remain in business you know and uh, and and uh, i think i think that's the uh, in in the long run that's the solution you know and uh, willy-nilly as i said you know i think msp legalization was uh, uh, one year one year ago it was not on the it, it, it was not on the on the on the drawing board but today no government can run away from it and you will have to i mean you will say i'll i'll appoint a committee and all no but but you will have to come to this uh, this is this is bound to happen you know this is going to create some kind of uh, this thing and maybe if you had repealed the farm laws earlier you know maybe maybe uh, this thing this demand would not have come but now this is a, this is something you know i mean it's like you have whetted the appetite of not just a Punjab farmer, but but farmers uh, across India. My guest on the show this week is Harish Damodaran. He is a senior fellow at the Center for Policy Research in New Delhi and a journalist with nearly 30 years experience as a field reporter and an editorial analyst. He is also the author of a terrific book, India's New Capitalist, Caste, Business and Industry in a Modern Nation, that looks at the evolution, really, of India's capitalist class since independence. Harish, this is a, a complicated and thorny set of uh, subjects, but thank you for making sense uh, for all of our listeners, and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Milan. Very nice speaking to you. Yeah, thank you. Grant Thamasha is a co-production of the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace and the Hindu Sun Times. This podcast is an HD Smartcast original and is available on htsmartcast.com, India's fastest-growing podcasting platform. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and review. Helps others find the show more easily. For more information about the show and to find the writing we reference on this week's episode, visit our website, grantthamasha.com. Production assistance comes from Caroline Duckworth, Tim Martin is our audio engineer, and Cliff J. Pranada is our executive producer. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.